Welcome back, podcast listener. On this podcast, Kirby and I talk a lot about effective storytelling through artists' consistent use of social media. So it makes sense to expand our conversation beyond visual artists this week. Authors Ann Vidian and Albert Kiwi joined us in the Zoom studio for this conversation about their art and their celebration of camaraderie and heritage. Ann and Al use their abundant talents and experience to connect with their audiences and support other writers too. I'm Kyle Elliott, and you're listening to the Curious Kirby Podcast. Come inside. Yeah, I got a sweet suspicion. Welcome back to the Curious Kirby Podcast. I'm here again with my cohort, Kyle. Hi, everybody. And today we are interviewing a couple of writers, artists, but of a different ilk. And today we have Anne Vidian and Albert Kiwi with us. And Anne, can you go ahead and tell us about yourself and about your writing? Sure, you bet. I consider myself a book shepherd and an editor and an author. In the first place, I help other authors create book kind of soup to nuts because I was able to do that for myself when I published my first novel. And I figured I could help other people do that. I've made this my business because I really, really am interested in making writing really good and communication really powerful because loud, poignant voices are needed in our world right now. And social media is an excellent way to do it. I help authors by giving tips. I, I do that on my blog and I run a writer's group for established writers called Always, the Alliance of Literary Writers, Authors, and Yabbering Scribes. Yeah, I've helped probably 80 some authors with various parts of their book creation. I have those posted on Pinterest if anybody wants to go look at them. I'm an author. I've written five books, three for myself, two are ghost written. My very first one published in 2011 is called Rhythms and Muse. It's kind of a chick flick in a book about a Hollywood Grammy winner who hates her Hollywood lifestyle and goes searching for fulfillment after a dream comes true in real life. And because my characters were writing music, I decided to actually create music. So my two goals in 2011, what I'd want to do my whole life was to write a book and create a CD. So I did some original music, sang, played piano, did some guitar, very homespun, all on my own computer with my own microphone and all that, but it was super fun to do. So that was Rhythms and Muse. Then I started writing what I really wanted to write, which is fantasy adventure. So I've started the series with a book called Song of the Ocarina, published in 2014. And I'm working on the second in the series called Beat of the Pekiri. Takes place in New Zealand. It's about fae who use earth energy and music to make magic. And then I've ghostwritten a couple of books. Oh, my other book that I created is actually a coloring book with writing prompts and it's fairy portals and pictures that I drew that have writing prompts about the fairies who live in those. So those are my three books. Then I wrote two books for other people. One is called The Mutilation of Marilyn Monroe. It's about the tell-all by the man whose father was Al Capone and Frank Needy's lawyer back in the 40s and 50s. And so my client knew what happened to Marilyn and didn't want to write the book himself. So he had me do it for him. So that's kind of an interesting, fun thing. And I also just recently finished a book called Illuminate Your Future, which is financial planning from a financial planner in Awatuki. So those are my books. When I'm not helping other authors, I maybe have a minute to write my own stuff. And really, I, I do all of this because I kind of have a life motto of wanting to create fun and camaraderie. So that's kind of everything that I do. That's why I write about sweet stories with music and magic and mythical creatures and things like that. The third thing that I do is I'm co-founder of a company called Absolutely Wild Enchanted Fairy Portals and Other Whimsy. 
And basically, I have a business partner who sculpts the portals. I write the fairies tales. I've sculpted a couple of the portals as well. It's a sideline to help sell my fantasy books. So when we go to your starting your first book, can you tell us the process of what made you want to write a book? And then was it difficult? What gave you energy to complete it? Because I know that one of the things is that a book is a long slog writing it. It is. (laughs) And honestly, it took me 24 years to get that book written. I had a kernel of an idea. I ever since I was a little girl, I always wanted to write a book. And when I was in elementary school, maybe junior high, I started writing a book and it was about college kids. And I didn't know anything about college. I couldn't really write it. A lot of authors become authors in their 40s and 50s because they have some life experience to help them you know, get to where they need to go. But I'd always wanted to do it. And I started in like late 80s and with a kernel of an idea, started writing, didn't have an ending in mind at all. And in a dream, I actually came up with the ending. In the meantime, I had gotten a career, gotten married, started a family. And so I didn't work on it in the middle years there for probably about 10 or 15 years. Then when I picked it back up again in the aughts, I was able to finish it within about six months, dedicated writing. And that was a spiritual process getting to that too, because you have to dedicate time to write. It was hard. It was a lot of research. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing. I had spent years writing nonfiction in corporate America and realized when I started writing fiction, I had no idea how to do it. So I had to learn. I went to conferences, I talked to people and met with editors and met with publishers. At the end of the whole process, when I had created my whole book, it was kind of the impetus for me becoming a book shepherd because I'm like, look at all this stuff I learned in 24 years. And now I can do that for other people and make it a lot easier for them. There's a lot of people who have it in their mind that the dreaming of writing a book yeah. and you are a book shepherd. So how do people start working with you and how do you guide them through this? It depends where they are in their writing process. A lot of people already have a manuscript ready and they just want it edited and then they want it published, like self-published. So I can help through the editing, the formatting, the cover design, although I'm not the designer, I do hire a designer to do that, but I'll help coordinate it and then upload it to a print-on-demand system or write a query letter if they want to send it possibly to an agent or a publisher to try to get it published. A a lot of times that's the process. But sometimes they come to me and they just already have it and they just want somebody to format the interior for them. Or maybe they just need a cover. Or maybe they just are like, oh, I have an old book and I want to redo it. And I just want to be able to put it on Amazon and self-publish it now that I've gotten my rights back from a traditional publisher or something like that. And so I just help them get it online so that people can buy it and they can make money at it. Oh, great. Now, if somebody hasn't written it yet, do you help them with that part? Yeah, I can do that too. I can help with ideas. I mean, Vidian, the middle word in Vidian, my last name is idea. (laughs) And I specialize in ideas, honestly. I love coming up with ideas. I love to brainstorm. And I can definitely help people. One gal who was writing a thesis for her senior year in college, I sat down with her and we talked about ideas for a book that she wanted to do for her senior thesis. And at the end of it, she said, you like jump-strutted my brain. (laughs) So I knew exactly what to do after we met. So what an awesome feeling for both of us. It can come at any stage, pretty much, the work. Okay. And again, you also have done a couple of ghost writing. So if somebody comes with a project and they're not the writer, you Mm -hmm. can work with them and give mm-hmm. it into book format. Yes. And that is a process. Let me tell you, because it depends. A lot of them don't write. A lot of them have handwritten their notes. Some don't have any notes at all. And you have to interview them and write it down, have to think, get things transcribed if they're on a tape that they recorded. You know, it's uh, very individual and it's very time consuming, but it's lots of fun.
Al, can you tell us about your writing and about your history as a writer? Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm really excited about this. Growing up, writing was the most difficult thing I could do or even think about. My mom had this old royal typewriter that she was very proud of, but it was so old. You know, I've grown from that. It wasn't later on in my life when I had my magic moment where uh, I realized that, you know what, I want to write this book. And uh, I didn't think it was such a big deal because I have read so many books to my kids growing up. So I said, I'll just write a book. It took me three years to write my first children's book, Sophia's Awesome Tamale Day. And I learned so much along the way. I learned a lot about myself and my culture, but it was really to pay tribute to my mother and our ancestors for making tamales and bringing us all together during that time. So that was it. And then I got invited to a conference. I went around and there were like 50 different authors and I had a chance to go around talking to them. Instead of trying to sell my books, I wanted to learn more from the authors and realize that there's a lot of great authors out there, but they just have one book, something that was very emotional to them that has about relationships and something that they took a lot of pride in and a lot of challenges that they had to overcome. And so I was really inspired by that. That was in December. And then I realized by the following year that I had another book that I wanted to write. And by that time, I realized that there is a system to writing books. And I was able to finish this next book, you know, like in nine months versus the three years before that I had to write. Just so you know, the second book was The, the Search for the Lost Art of Making Tortillas. I know a lot of times people hear that and they kind of laugh. They think that's kind of a funny, but it is a lost art because I go around talking to people, take my books to classrooms all over the valley. I'm even in Tucson. I share these stories with the kids and I ask the kids, how many of you know how to make tortillas? How many of you know about corn tortillas or flour tortillas? Give a little question, just get the kids involved in my stories before I even start talking. One thing that's really important is that every time I read these children's books to them, I always stress how important it is to go to school, how important education is. I think that's one of the, the gratifying reasons why I am doing what I'm doing. There was a time when Sheriff Joe Arpaio had like, the Mexican community really scared. They were afraid to going out. They had like trailers picking up people and all of these kids were just afraid to even come out because they felt like they were going to be taken away from their parents. I wrote this book called Isabella's Treasure. And even though it's a young girl looking for her treasure, the family treasure, in the end, it realizes that the family treasure is really your family history. There's a little bit of Arizona history in there. So the kids know that they are very important, that they are a part of Arizona history and they should feel like they belong here. They hear the news, the newspaper, the television, and they hear all these different stories. So I wrote that book because of that. A lot of it has to do with Tucson and Tuvok and that history there. You know, as I wrote these stories, I realized, you know what? I am really telling about my family history. When I was a kid, we went to go visit my grandmother and my aunt lived there. They bought this ranch farm in Phoenix, which was considered way outside of Phoenix. But today it's like way inside of Phoenix. They bought a ranch that had a house in it. And in there, they eventually sold part of the property and built a new house. But that old house remained there for the longest time. So all the kids my age, you know, very young, we called it the ghost house because everybody had all these stories about ghosts in there. I talked to my cousin. He has real ghost stories about being in the ghost house. And so I used that in my book. And it's one of the best stories to read in a classroom. 
because Sophia, the young girl, Sophia's my mother's name. The kids are trying to convince her that it's a ghost house. And she says, no, no, I don't believe it. All the kids go like, yes, it is. So anyway, I get the whole classroom pretend like there are the kids and everyone goes, yes. You know, they kind of like join into it. <laughs> and by the time this scene is so, they are so involved in this story. They do not let me put it down. Even after it's over, they want to hear the rest. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, I would go to a lot of book events and a lot of stories and a lot of festivals. And they always said, well, Al, you need to write a book in Spanish. And so I wrote the first book in Spanish. I wanted to say at least I had one in Spanish. As I'm writing these books, I had this other idea about writing. This is my fiance's book. It's called Better Than Me. It's about three generations of inner strength. And it's about her family. Her mother was born in New Mexico and her grandmother was born in Baja, California. They had father figures that abandoned them or were murdered. I realized when I was writing the story that this is probably typical of a lot of families where the mother, the grandmother, and great-grandmother, I mean, they had huge sacrifices. They endured so many things and challenges just so that their kids could have a better life. I felt like I was doing it for them. You know, it would be easy just to write it because every chapter, it's a different story. And I, I could have wrote it that way, but it was really important to write it in such a way that people found it inspiration. I received two International Latino Book Awards, one for the most inspirational and the other one for the best book with a Latina theme. And of course, the lovely Anne, you know, she's the editor and uh, oh my God, she was terrific. She really helped me. It was easy for Anne to make changes or suggestions. And then we brought in Grace, you know, Grace is pretty awesome. I was very happy with the way it turned out. Anne has a good thing about putting things in perspective. You know, I'm amazed at how knowledgeable she is. Like there's different kind of editors. There's kind that are going to make sure that you have all your periods and commas and you know everything else in there. And there are the other kinds that want to make sure that you're not making a mistake. You didn't say this before, but now you're saying this. Why is that? And there's the other kinds that want to make sure that all the historical data is correct. And that is really important. I did my own research and then, and she did everything else. She's all of those editors combined, just so you know that. But I am really Thank grateful. You, We've had a chance to work together. And now this project and the, my next project we've done together. And so I'm very comfortable with Anne, uh, the changes that she makes or suggestions that she makes. So we really have a good relationship. That's really important. You know, you're not just an author, you know, you have to have support in all the things that you do. Even we editors yeah. need that support too, which is why yeah. I run the always group, my, my writers, established writers group, which Al is a part of as well. It keeps you honed on what's going on, right? And it allows you to, well, have fun and camaraderie, which is, as I said, what I'm all about. Al is always there to help help with great ideas and we, we give tips every time. And so he's super helpful and I love his curiosity and wonder at everything in life and which comes through in his books. I found out about always on social media and I go like, I got to join that group. I got to join the group. At the time I had a conflict, but I didn't care. I just left it. And I had to go to these meetings and I learned so much, not only just learning, but you meet other writers and other learn about other books and other things like that. I think it was just like my eyes opening up and realizing how important that is. There was one time when we were the only two people that showed up and we had like the best meeting. We were like challenging 
other. He said, like, okay, where do we want to be in five years? Where do we want to be in 10 years? And we were just having the greatest ideas about, yeah, we're going to do this. Yeah, we're going to do that. This is my most recent book, The Legacy Journal, The Treasure Map to Your Life and to Your Legacy. I never thought about it until I wrote this book, that all of my books have a common theme. And that common theme is about your heritage and your culture. This book is not really a book. It's more like a questionnaire that instead of trying to find out about your ancestors, I think you need to start with the person you know the most about. And that's about you. So it's not about the past. It's about the future and you documenting for your family, all about you. There's a couple of things that that brings it to mind for me. So the first thing is the, the legacy journal. You know, one of the things that my dad did for my family is before my grandmother passed away, he sat with her and wrote down her stories. And it was so important for my family. I've recently gave my dad a subscription to StoryWorth for a year, which is him writing his stories with some prompts. And so I see that your legacy journal is that kind of prompt. So you can take that and pass your stories on to I love the idea of that. The other thing that I wanted to bring up is this always group. How do new, like if somebody's listening to this as a podcast and they think, oh, that is something I really need to get involved with is other writers because, you know, you can't do art in a vacuum. You can't write in a vacuum. I mean, you can try, you can get right. it done, but you'll, you'll do better if you have somebody to bounce ideas off of. How do they right. reach out? How do they, and what is it? What do you meet in person? Do you meet online? What is what's the story? Okay. So the best place to find always is on Facebook. And if you just look up always, you probably will be able to find it. That's the acronym for the Alliance of Literary Writers, Authors, and Yabbering Scribes. Okay. You can put that all into Facebook if you want, but always we'll probably get you there. So first of all, I want to say that it's a group of established writers and mostly authors. So if you're just trying to learn about writing, this is not the group for you. If you have a book and you're looking for marketing ideas or better writing techniques or bouncing ideas off of other established writers, that's the group. We are not a critique group. We do not go in with the intention of selling books to one another. The whole purpose of Always is to share ideas and make ourselves better writers. With that said, we do meet in person when we can meet in person. We're probably not going to be doing that until August, and we've been meeting since last March on Zoom. I do post what the topic is going to be on Facebook a few weeks to a few days before the meeting, and people can, if they want to get the Zoom link, they just have to direct message me or email me, and I will send them the link. Also, we have a LinkedIn presence, but that's mostly just for the membership list because that's so business oriented. It's a good group and it's a good place where people can go and figure out who's in the group. Not all the members that are on Facebook are in the LinkedIn group, but that's another place they can go. So it's mostly online, but we do meet once a month, the second Thursday of the month over the lunch hour from 1130 to one. And I set up the topics or it, sometimes it's just a plain round table and anybody asks whatever they want to ask or ask for resources and whatnot. My favorite part about it and the reason I created the group is because of the tips, writer's tips. I ask everybody around the table, around the round table, come up with a tip, share it with everybody. Sometimes I do a blog about those in those tips that we talk about and put it into my writer's blog, which is basically my website. Sometimes we share it just on the Facebook page. Sometimes we just have a great conversation and nobody actually records anything and other people wish they were there to hear it all. That's the group. All right. Really helpful. All right. Thank you. Well, one of the reasons that I have you both here is I wanted to get kind of perspective on your art 
and selling your type of art on social media or not necessarily selling, but at least spreading the word, getting people aware that what you have to offer. And so how are you using social media? Pretty much. If you look for me on social media, I'm there. If you look on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, if you look for an email from me, I have e-newsletters, I have a website, I'm on Tumblr. I mean, really the list could go on and on. The more places you are positioned, the more people can know about you and what you're doing. Now, I only really manage four or five of those because otherwise it just is hugely overwhelming, right? So I create a blog with a writing tip, for example, and I post it and I schedule it. So it comes out a few different times a day for different readers who read at different times. Then I do an e-newsletter about it pointing to the blog. So that goes to my list of email contacts who are writers and have attended workshops that I give and things like that. And when I post the blog, I also make sure that it points to my Twitter and my Tumblr, my Facebook and some other things. So I don't have to recreate that on all the different media. I can just do it once and then it spreads out to all those places and try to point them back if it's always related or writers related, I try to point them back to the Facebook page or my website, if it's about my books or something like that. So I just try to minimize my effort and use the tools that are available to make the social media work for me and to reach as many people as possible who would be interested. So you've joined quite a few different social media tools and you seem pretty technically savvy. Have you tried using yeah. something like Ift to have it automatically post to these different places? Is that like Hootsuite or is like a scheduling um, thing no, or is it, it more it, robust? Because I haven't tried that, obviously. So Hootsuite is going to be very targeted towards some social media tools. Ift is more like a connection tool. So for example, if you write something mm. on your blog, you can have the RSS from your blog auto-generate something to go on Twitter, auto-generate mm. something to go into Facebook, into other things like automatically, but it's more of you putting the pipe together yourself one time to let it go. I see. It's, um, it's just another tool. It makes it, it's a little bit more flexible. It's a little bit, has a little bit more capability than something like Hootsuite, but it's okay. not a scheduler in the same way. It's more like Got it. when something happens in one tool, you can have it auto-populate to other tools. Okay. Well, my WordPress blog yeah. does that to some degree. You, you do have the opportunity to personalize a little message that's going to go out on those other media through WordPress. But I haven't tried that. It's IFTTT. I'm going to, is that IFTS? Yeah, so it's IFTTT. IFTTT. Oh. Okay. And it sounds I'm going to go look that up. That. But I thought that that might be something, it sounds like it would be something that would be down your alley. Sure. A couple of other versions of things like that. So Microsoft Flow. So flow.microsoft.com is similar. And another tool called Zapier is also okay. similar. Oh yeah. Okay. I haven't used any of those, but that sounds like a really good idea to pursue. It because I thought, oh, this sounds like it's something you would probably. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Cool. Okay, good. Al, how are you using social media? I have a son that keeps on pushing me. Dad, you need to do this. Dad, you need to do this, you know, and he's bought me a couple of books and they've really been beneficial. At this time, I'm connected to Twitter and LinkedIn and my email. But right now, I, I it's mainly have been in the past been Facebook and I'm learning now Instagram thanks to you and, and the, a lot of the classes and comments that you have made. I thought I could do a, a better job of using Facebook and that's what I, I really been focused on lately. 
And at the same time, I'm learning Instagram. I really enjoy working with Facebook and Instagram. I feel like there's more things I can do with it. And I already have a database. You know, I have like over 1,500 people right now. And then I'm also managing several other websites. I use it, you know, initially as a social media, meaning, you know, it was social in the beginning. But I realized, you know, there's so much more here. And I got into promoting my books and events. And if I give presentations or uh, a lot of my books have been articles or book reviews, I've been asked to do. And then there's a lot of book clubs that I've been involved with. And so it's really helped me to let people know what I do and bring validity to my trade, to my craft. And I think that's what's really important. You know, people see me as an authority on writing and Arizona and, you know, culture and heritage. So it's really been important that I do this. I've been focusing on the Facebook and I'm really starting to learn Instagram, which is really is different. It's a lot of the same, but it's different too. So both exciting, you know, it's not about posting, it's about creating something that's important. You want to validate who you are and your journey, you know, or talk about your books. And so it really is a lot more than just putting pictures on there, but it's really something important. I get excited about that. I've talked to other very talented artists and they said, yeah, you need to do at least once a week. You got to advertise once a week. And I said, I advertise on Wednesday. I post my paintings on Wednesday. And I started thinking like, what can I be doing? I'm always thinking what's going to be something new and exciting information. So that's kind of the challenging part. of It's all been pretty good. I've been very fortunate that a lot of good things have happened. Recently, I was at Rocky Point Times and they had a book review. So we were able to post that on Facebook and on Instagram. And then my book is now part of the Tucson Unified School District. And so they're going to be asked to be at a conference. So we're going to do a presentation, PowerPoint presentation, but I'm also want to put that online. So there's just a, a lot of opportunities, to, you know, as long as you're keep on working at your craft and doing what you're doing, there's a lot of things to post. Meanwhile, I'm also looking at other people to see what they're doing. Um, a lot of my friends, you know, they're authors, and I have to say they're probably much better than I am. They, they promote their author groups. So they have like many author groups. So I get the same posting because I'm in those groups too. And I realize, okay, this is what they're doing. They're promoting their book in these different groups. So I, I kind of write those down and I join those groups. Now I can go back and say, I'm in that group. I'm with those friends too. So, you know, those parts, those are the kind of things that I'm learning about. That's why I feel like even though I've been doing Facebook for so long, I realize I don't know everything about Facebook, but I could really be promoting myself a lot better. I also noticed that this one woman shows the same photo every time here where I'm trying to be different. I don't want to be like, okay, I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that, you know, kind of get boring, but she posts the same photo every time. Like I'm here writing my books and she has all these books on her table. It says, I'm, I'm signing off, you know, for your book. Let me know if you enjoy it. And she has thousands of likes and, you know, over hundreds of comments and shared over and over again. And so it, it's really challenging to find what's going to be effective, not just be effective to, to promote your books, but also effective, like what's going to catch the interest of everybody else. But you have to personalize it. 
the people there are there for you and they want to know about you. And so you have to, anything you do has to reflect your interpersonal feelings and relationships and things like that. Well, I just wanted to add to that. One of the things I love about social media is that it allows you to make connections and really uh, create relationships with people. I don't think social media is a sales tool. I think it's a relationship development tool. And it's so fun because you do get to put yourself out there and get other people to respond in their own personalities and whatnot with what you put out there. So, I mean, in my spirit of fun and camaraderie, I always like put puns up and people will answer my pun that I posted with other puns. And it's just fun to like do marketing, but not really market. You know, they kind of know who you are and it's kind of marketing by being friendly, which which I kind of dig, you know, your point of view is exactly right. Because while it is marketing, thing, it is, it's what you make of it. If you are the boring person who's just like, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. Nobody wants Everybody's going to be bored with you, right? But if you put your personality out there, it's what you make of it. Now, the, the kind of the story between, kind of the similarity I'm going to say right now between you putting up the puns and the lady that Al had mentioned who posts the same picture every day. You may see them, they're completely different, but they're the same. What this is, is a consistency thing. So you do these puns consistently. People start to know you for the puns. They look for the puns. This lady exactly. who posts the same picture, even though it may seem like that's boring, her audience knows she's going to post that picture and they know they can communicate with her at that time. So what you need to do is you find your thing. It's your branding, your kind of thing that you do. I know that there's one visual artist, but she in her stories on Instagram always does food quizzes. So she'll say, here's, you know, what, what food do you like better this time? And she'll just do these food quizzes. And you start to get to know, like, she's going to do these food quizzes. And I wonder which one she's going to do this week. It's a little personality. It's a little relationship that you're building with that artist kind of builds. Yeah. Now, when I think about writers... Instagram is great for visual artists. And I mean, imagine it's great for writers as well, but it's it's a very visual medium. Usually I think Twitter might be the place where you really can get hold. Al, do you use Twitter at all? No, I'm still learning Twitter. I have a lot of friends on Twitter. And so I'm always going there daily to kind of see what their posts are. But I'm not sure. When I post on Facebook, I put something in their personal about myself, you know, like, so I think that's important. So I, I find Twitter more, you know, like really quick or to the point. And sometimes I'm not ready to do that yet. I'm just a student there because I know that many people have had a lot of success using Twitter. I know that there are some authors who have actually written an entire book in their, what used to be 140 characters. Is it 280 now? And uh, I, I'm, I applaud them for being able to do that. It probably would have to be a short story or something rather than a novel. But I find it so fleeting that it's hard to capture for writers, especially if you're trying to talk about characters or talk about a plot line or something like that. If it's nitty gritty, it's not a very good thing. But if you're just, you know, hey, here's my book in London, you know, that kind of thing, like the traveling gnome thing. Here's my book. And I went here and you went there and here it is. Right. All that. So that can be everyone that, yeah, that absolutely. Right. We're interested to know where the gnome is going to end up and where your book is going to end up. That's another good point. The whole interesting that to know where this is going to end up. It's the story. Yes. Even and you guys are story writers, you're storytellers, but even social media, the idea behind social media, the thing that catches people is if you can, in a very short little post, whether it's a Facebook post or Instagram picture, give some sort of story. 
Right. That's going to catch people's eyes. So true. Yeah, exactly. So true. Yeah. Um, anything with I, I, one of the things that I, I my previous career was in marketing in uh, corporate America and in agencies. And I always said to people, if you want people to talk about your stuff and connect with it, there's like three or four things that you can do. It has to be super new, unique. It has to be a first. It has to be timely or it has to be outrageous. Or it has to have kids or, or pets in it. Charities works also. Transformation story. A transformation story of like, for a visual artist, it could be like the process of making the art. For a writer, you could have a section of your story where you kind of show, hey, this is, you know, how we came from here to there. And even a work in progress of your art is a transformation too, because people really get grabbed by that. Absolutely. What they want is to be behind the scenes and feel like an insider. And exactly. if you can provide that at any time with anything compelling... You're golden. That brings me to this actual stories feature. So Facebook stories, Instagram stories on Twitter. I mean, you said Twitter was fleeting. Uh, funny that their stories are called fleets, right? Right. <laughs> um, but any of these different like stories, these like disappearing ones that are just like kind of off the cuff where people post a little bit of their day. Do you ever use these? I have posted some, but because they're there and then not there, it, it's hard to track the validity of them. You know what I mean? what kind of response you're getting to them. So I haven't pursued that. I get better relationship building by actually putting tips or funny things or, you know, entertaining things or compelling things in my Facebook and other social media feed. When you were asking me to do this, I thought about, okay, social media, this is fantastic. And I thought, what if there wasn't social media? Where would I be as a writer? not only just a writer, but independent writer, if there was not any social media. I'd have to say my life would be so much different. You know, you would be have to go hitting bookstores or I don't know what you'd Buying be doing. Buying ads in newspapers. <laughs> Buying ads and yeah, you know, all the things that you can't afford to do. And at the same time, I know several people that are very successful and they are going through the traditional way of publishing with the big companies. And they're still using social media to promote their books. And they have created a huge following. And all this following and support that you get along the way, I think is so important. So I continue wanting to learn more about my craft. I want to know more about the different groups because from the different groups in this book, I want to learn more from that. The hashtags are really important too. And Instagram. So there's so much to learn. And I've heard so many success stories about how people have turned their profession around by using social media. You can't leave it out. So I'm, I'm really excited about what we're doing and uh, I'm always learning. And I want to thank you for all the information that you share with us. It's been great. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah. When you say that um, some of the people who are going the traditional way and they still are on social media, that just kind of reminded me that any artist, whether you're a writer, a songwriter, a visual artist, any type, when people become fans of you, the first thing they do is they go look for social media. They don't look for your website. It's good to bring them to your website because you want to, you know, your home base, but what they want to see is what you're doing day to day and social media is what you're doing day to day. And that's what I was kind of getting at with the stories feature, because that stories feature is the true behind the scenes. It goes away. You have to if you catch those stories, you you know the inside pieces, nuggets of that person's life. And some people have built their relationships, made it very strong through those stories where in the morning, what I do, generally I'll have a picture of a mug next to my pool where I'm saying good morning. And that's just something where they come to know that I'm, I'm going to post that every day. And then I'm going to take you through my life, different snippets through the day, right? And 
people will follow that. It'll be almost like there's a TV serial that they watch, like a soap opera or something. They've got to go check their stories and see what their favorite artists are doing throughout the day. So it's something to think about. It could be even, you don't even need to have, like have it be photos. You can have it just be, you, you use the create feature and you can write a little something of like what's happening that day or what's going through your mind or, or just ideas. You can just pop them out at ideas to people. It lets you do polls for engagement. This is, it's just a way for people that are already following you to feel closer to you. I like exactly. that. I do that with Instagram to some degree, mm-hmm. just because I, I walk almost every day and I, I love beautiful spaces. So I often take pictures of beautiful spaces where I'm walking and things that I encounter, interesting animals and stuff like that. And so I do that on Instagram, but I haven't, I haven't tried stories. I think I'm going to look into that a little bit more. Great. Yeah. Cool. Thanks for the idea. <laughs> All right. So in your always group, do you guys give each other advice on using social media as well? So our next speaker is going to be a longtime member of the group whose name is Karen Mueller Bryson. And she's going to talk about podcasting for authors, which is appropriate, don't you think? Very appropriate. (laughs) But she does a wonderful podcast called The Curious Professor. Ooh, the word everywhere. <laughs> yeah, she goes all over the place and interviews interesting people about interesting stuff. It's very cool. And I'm not quite sure how it ties into her books, but it's definitely visibility for her. And she's a very prolific writer. She's got lots of books out. She also has a short on time publishing company, which is short novellas that she helps other people publish. So she's just an incredible amount of knowledge in that brain of hers about all kinds of social media, all kinds of book related things, how Amazon works. I mean, she's really incredible. So we're lucky to have her come back and give us some of her wisdom and looking forward to hearing a little bit more about how podcasts can help. Yes. And podcast is just another method of getting your information out there. So right. being guest on a podcast or hosting your own mm-hmm. social media, your e- newsletter, just reminding people that you're there and here's what you know about it. It builds your legend. You can build it yourself and then people start to know what you do, right? I started this with my cyber company where I started posting on Twitter mostly. And then I started getting invites to speak. And that's just the same sort of thing you would do in any profession, right? You, you get on social media, you show what you know by showing your books, you prove it by, you know, giving other people advice, which you're doing already through always, but you can also just even on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, since you have a business and that are that's helping people write, you know, finish their books, you can give little tidbits of advice. Don't be afraid to give away that information. Oh, absolutely. People will come to you to have it done. Right. right. And right. Al, same sort of thing. I would go on social media, even on Twitter again, or Instagram, instead of being a picture, use Canva, make a little placard that set, that gives a little bit of advice, especially on how to write down their journey, for example, their, mm-hmm. you know, their legacy, how to write about it. And just those little bits of advice, they're, they're going to start catching people's attention. You're going to build your legend. They're going to start asking you to come speak. They're going to buy your books. They're going to join your groups, all of the above. One of the things I'm actually thinking of doing on YouTube is just maybe one minute writing tips. And I've been thinking about doing one tip, one a week, so you can practice. You have a week to practice doing that particular tip, which I think would be so fun. I am a big fan of providing content that is valuable. I love giving tips. I love any kind of information. Like Writers do all kinds of research and they know all kinds of fascinating stuff. And they can share that on all of their social media. There's so many cool things that you can tell people about and get reactions from and build audiences with, right? Because they're interested in it. I've always tried to promote my journey, like all the things that I'm doing, the events that I'm at. I get to 
speak at a lot of events. I go like children's, you know, when I do book readings, I get invited for Author's Day or for Dr. Seuss Day. And I mean, I'm promoting all those kind of things. And I know that Anna said that it's really good that you share this part of your book as you're going along. And so I've never really done that because sometimes you really don't know where you're going. So I'm kind of afraid maybe or fearful that am I committing myself because I'm writing about my story? Maybe I don't even have the ending yet, but you're supposed to be sharing your stories. But I think I'm going to do it. I'm, I think it's going to be exciting. I'm kind of looking forward to it as, as a matter of fact of. Uh, when I wrote this book, Legacy Journal, I was writing another book. And all of a sudden, this, this, I had this idea. I said, like, no, no, this is what I need to be doing. And the Legacy Journal just came to me. I mean, it was just so easy to write. And I started posting on Facebook about the book. But we kind of changed it a little bit. We put a little more meaning to it. I thought that a lot of people think that they have to get Ancestry.com before they get started or genealogy or do their testing. And this is not what this is about. Right now, just in preparing for this, I was already writing a book, but I just had this book that just has overwhelmed me. I am going to be writing this new book and I will be posting it on social media. Uh, I'm kind of excited about this. You have to not be afraid about different ideas and try different things. A lot of people wake up in the morning on social media because they want to see what's new. Either you're one of two people, either you promote and kind of share ideas and or else you just get on there just to kind of see what's going on and you follow your friends. Well, you know, as writers, that's our job. We're supposed to be promoting. We're supposed to make things exciting. And just like Ann says, we make it fun. Take it to a new level now. Al, you know what I think you should do? And then I'll let you talk in a moment. And... So Al, I think one of the things that you should consider doing on social media is tell these, tell, talk to the camera because you have, I can already tell there's a lot of even just like verbal history or information that you, that you talk very well about in, in describing your book and describing the reason for the legacy journal, that sort of thing. But if you can do that in the stories, either Facebook stories or Instagram stories, just every day in the morning with a cup of coffee, just talk to the stories for five minutes and to say, here's what I'm thinking about today. And here's what's important to me about the Legacy Journal today. Or here's what my plans are for the day. I think you would gain a following who just want to get up in the morning and want to see if that is new. See, what's, what are you saying that's new every day? Uh, and Kirby, that's an excellent idea. Let me ask, should I be doing that on Facebook and Instagram too? Both of them the same one? Yeah, if you start with Instagram, you can have a port to Facebook. And I think it would probably be very good if you did well on both. If you want to talk oh. about it later about exactly how that would work, absolutely okay. you can. Mm-hmm. All right, and, thank go you. Ahead. One of the things I love that Al does is he takes historic photos and posts them on Facebook and tells a little bit about them. And it's family people and it's sometimes it's just people that he knows. It's so cool because he writes about heritage. He writes about legacy, right? And to actually be able to visualize it through some of these images, which may or may not appear in his book later, I don't know. But it's an insider view of what's going on. And Al, if you wanted, you could just take a photo and while you're talking about it, you could just hold it up during your morning coffee and say, hey, and this is my great, great grandfather. And um that's a great idea yeah a little just a little informal hey guess who i'm meeting this morning morning. Mm -hmm. not even every morning but you know as many as you can do it sit there and just say okay here's what i'm thinking today here's a picture or here i'm working on this book today or 
let's talk about my legacy journal today. Let's talk about that. I'm going to go speak at a school today. And so here's what I'm talking just love five it. minutes every day. And you just kind of given a little bit of your story. I think it would be something people can look forward to. And that would be that consistent branding personality thing that I think would catch. I love it. Okay. Thank you. That's a great idea. Yeah. Sometimes I, sometimes I come up with some ideas for other people and then I don't, don't know. Like always, myself, you don't mean yeah. sometimes, you mean always. How does your writing benefit your community? Always. My writer's group is one of the ways that I help give back to other writers. I, I just have this life philosophy that writing is so important. Good writing is so important. Right. And I was in a lot of situations where I know a lot about writing and I was often the speaker and I was not getting enough learning on my own. So learning is a, is a super important thing and not just for me, but for everybody who's in that group and who anybody. Right. So if you can get together with other people who know it, who know other things about your industry, your work, your writing, your art, whatever, and you can just sit down and just chat about it. That was the whole goal of this group. So that's one thing is I just really love that community and what it does for all of us. The other thing is when I created my absolutely wild enchanted fairy portals and other whimsy business, it was designed to help sell the Song of Ocarina book and, and that series. But I told my business partner, yeah, I really would love to do this. I love the idea of having little fairy doors people can put in their houses and have a little story that goes with it, describes what the fairy is like who lives there. But it has to have some benefit. If I'm going to spend time on it because my time's precious, everybody's is, I want it to make a difference in the community. And one of the things that I'm very passionate about is young artists and young authors being super talented, but not knowing how to get their stuff out how to market, how to sell, what their value is, and that kind of thing. So we made it our business, literally, <laughs> to benefit some of these young writers and authors through organizations like 826 National, which is a literacy and helpful group for kids who are just looking for how to get through school, how to, what can I focus on, and how can I get some help, uh, it's, it's just, it, look it up, 826 National, it's amazing. And uh, the Arizona Consortium for the Arts here locally that does so many things for writers and artists in the community. Anyway, so our purpose was to make sure that the young people benefited from anything that we could do to try to help support them. One of the things is a book that I've created with the help of James Artemis Owen, who's a young adult writer and, and illustrator. And he illustrated the first few pages in this big leather handmade book that I have. And we're trying to fill it with young artists and writers, stories and images. I've been struggling with this for a couple of years, trying to get it filled so we can auction it off to benefit young writers and also to publish it, hopefully on Amazon. So we can get another stream of income for these kids by doing that as well. So I'm going to put a pitch out there. If anybody wants to be part of this kind of amazing book uh, to promote young artists and uh, writers, they should go to the absolutelywild.net website. The uh, story is about an ancient traveler who picks up items and they can write or draw about any of these items and we're just going to put them, compile them in the book. So that's a little tip for anybody out there who wants to kind of get published with James Artemis Owen. In the show notes, we'll have a list of your social media channels, but where would you like us to find you? And what's coming up for you as far as upcoming events, any publishing dates or anything else? 
Just a couple of thanks. Thank you for asking me. As far as events coming up in June, I will be speaking at the Tucson Unified School Bilingual Conference. And so I will be doing a PowerPoint presentation. And then I've been asked to speak at a lot of other organizations regarding my legacy journal, but it's all held up until we get past this conference. And I got my shots, you know, so I'm good to go there, but you know, Obviously, everybody else needs to be involved in this program, too. So I got other presentations going on. I got other books that I'm writing on. Uh, I think the, the one, I'm writing one about my family's journey, how they came here during from, from Mexico. My grandparents on my father's side, they came here in like in the 1918, 1919, just right after they became a state. And there was like this huge need for workers, you know, because of the Roosevelt Dam being built, there's a huge source of power and water. And they were looking for cotton farmers at that time. So my grandfather had been a miner, not only in Mexico, but also here in, in Duquesne, Arizona, he was a miner. So they, they had a lot of opportunities, but they were looking for other things. And that's what brought him here to Phoenix. And that's where my dad was born here in Phoenix. So uh, I'm working on that book. It's kind of exciting. It starts like in 1895 and where uh, there is a census going on in Mexico. And you know what? If you were to read that sentence, you would think that you're reading about Tombstone. I mean, that's what kind of wild town it was. But it was on the Mexican side. That's where these kids grew up. And and a couple of things have happened. You know, they, the house where they all grew up. The uh, my aunt had this huge scrapbook that no one knew about, and somehow I found it. So I'm going through it right now, and it's just a wealth about not only about her and the family, but about the time, about you know what all the things that they went through. At the same time, my dad gave my brother before he passed away all these pictures, and that that's what you're talking about, aunt. And so I I am like sorting through there. Because, you know, were these pictures taken in Mexico? Were they taken in Duquesne, Arizona? Were they taken here? So I'm kind of sorting through all these things. He had sorted them, and I'm resorting them. So a lot of exciting things. And the same thing's going on on my mother's side. They track the history here in Arizona. It's from the 1700s. So there's a lot of history there. There's a lot of writing to be made. People have said, oh, you need to write about this. You need to write about that. But for me, you know, it has to be personal. It has to be something that I really believe in and, and something that makes me grow as a person that makes my soul grow. And those are kind of things that I look for. And when you write those kind of things, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. You have to put a lot of thought into it and you have to really, it comes from your heart. And I think that's why it makes my books different than most of the people out there. And that's why when I post on social media, I, it has to be important. It has to mean something to me. So if people want to contact you, where should they reach out to you first? I'm on Facebook. They can send me an email. I mean, they can call me, whatever. I have my own website. My books are on Amazon. I'm always willing to help out. Uh, I'm always wanting to help out uh, new writers. Everybody has a story to tell, but I think they need a little guidance. I have been doing this since 2008. And so this is what, like 13 years, 12, 13 years I've been doing this. And so I can talk to somebody in one or two hours and tell them everything I've learned. Obviously, there's a lot more, but at least set them in a position and point of view that this is what they need to do to get going. This is what they can do. And, and yes, they got a great idea and I'll help them along the way. So. Yeah.
Thank you. Anne, what do you have coming up and where can people reach out to you? Okay, so I am currently working on the second book in my Del Faroon Rhapsody series. First one, Song of the Ocarina. Second one that I'm working on is Beat of the Pekiri. The Pekiri is a New Zealand drum. And I am working on the last scene and a half, and then I will need to go through the editing process. I'm hoping to get it out by late fall. So that would be available on Amazon as well. I'm also doing a Zoom workshop through the Tempe Public Library on June 5th from 10 to noon. Uh, it's a talk called Top Secrets for Savvy Authors. And it's what I'm doing is just giving my top three tips in all aspects of creating a book. So my top three writing tips, my top three formatting tips, my top three publishing tips. So that'll be uh, 10 to 2 on June 5th online at the Template Public Library Zoom. You can register through their website. The best place to reach me if you want to interact with me is probably Facebook and it's Anne Narcissian Vidian and nobody can spell Narcissian but if you put in Anne Vidian I'm the only Anne Vidian in the United States now that my mother-in-law has passed she was also Anne Vidian and so I'm pretty easy to find but if you're looking for writing tips and fun music videos and a place to have some camaraderie my website my blog is just a n vidian Dot com and it's at WordPress. So anvidian for annarcissianvidian.com. All right. Thank you both for joining us. I really appreciate it. It's definitely a, a little bit of a departure from what I usually have the visual artists on here, but I definitely want to reach out more to other arts. So including writing, musicians, even the culinary arts, that sort of thing. So thank you both for joining me and thank you both for being members of my Curious Kirby Creatives group on Facebook. That's so oh, thank you. So Thank you for including us, Kirby, because it's awesome. I love learning about the, what other people are doing as well. So it's fantastic. Thank you for what you do. All right. And thank you again. Thanks, Kyle, again, for managing the whole podcast. So I want to make sure that everybody knows that he's not always just sitting here silently. He, Kyle, you he runs everything behind the scenes. So. He, didn't wear the right, he didn't wear the right color, though, today. I know. The rest of us are kind of a red. I didn't get the memo. <laughs> he didn't forgot to memo. send it to him. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I think we better learn sometime. Now we're walking through the courtyard. And leaves roll over our shoestrings. So we speak of family and love. The only truth is.